Колись на зиму черешко Кльово так самому в хаті Скоро різдво і Миколай бородатий Скоро українці будуть співати Не просто так, без причини Будуть колядувати і Миколай бородатий Колай бородатий Дивлюсь вікно, сніг лопати Хтось там йде до нашої хати То не якийсь Дід Мороз То Миколай бородатий Мені принесе він нову гітару До вас прийде також не за паром Святий Миколай Миколай бородатий Миколай Бородатий А потім різдво Христос вся рождає Нова радість става Вертепи співають Падає сніг лопати Чекаємо свята Шинки, компаси І оселеці Помпушки і вушка Кутя і прецлі Будем колядувати І Миколай Бородатий Миколай Бородатий popular group from Ukraine called Skriabin, and that was Mikolai Borodati, Bearded St. Nicholas. Vitaju vas vsih, šanovni radio suhači na radio predaču naš holos radio Krinskoho Korinja na bahatumovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u misti Vancouveri. Pre mikrofoni Pavina Makvori, djakuju štorišale prebuti zmnoju na stupnu hodenu. Dobry večer and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host, Palat Demchuk Makori, Pogrinska Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. On today's program, we're going to ease into the season with a uh, Ukrainian food flair recipe that will be featured in the upcoming cookbook, as well, a Kanishka Corner book review. Diana Stevens' third novel in her Prairie Family Saga. As well, Cultural Capsule will feature Ukrainian artist Zhenya Sakharova and A Timeless Remembrance, as well as a brand new release. And part four of the four-part series on the currencies of Ukraine and Israel. As well, Olena will be along with some community events. We'll have our usual proverb of the week. And, of course, plenty of great Ukrainian music. Uh, Some of it new finds, some of it not so new, and quite a bit of... St. Nicholas tunes because St. Nicholas Day is December 6th and Ukraine is only using one calendar starting this year. So this will be it. So we're going to carry on with a St. Nicholas tune that I uh, received back in 2012 from my late 
colleague Roman Breton, who hosted Radio Journal in Edmonton for very many years and uh, was very generous in sharing his material, one of them being this one when he received it. It was a new single back in 2012, a less than reverent but very devoted homage to the heavenly guest who brings little Ukrainian children surprises on this day. It's by a popular rock group named Mary, and the best part in Roman's book, anyways, was that it slams that dodgy deed Moroz and isn't especially kind to Santa either. So the music may be a little raunchy, but the message is certainly quite reverent. Here is Mary now with Mikolai. Дід Мороз, ні, я Миколай, ну тоді заходь, взуття не знімай, всі свої будь як дома, і не стій за порогом, посидиш трохи з нами, відпочинеш з дороги, ну розказуй як сам, де весь рік пропадаєш, що нового у вас, бо у нас, ну сам знаєш, ми хотіли як краще, але нас не почули, і з новин у нас тільки, тільки вибори були. Привітає з новим роком всіх старенький Миколай І погляне добрим оком на вкраїно рідний край Він про тебе не забуде, тільки ти його чекай З новим роком привітає всіх старенький Миколай як там цей Санта Клаус, ми на нього чекали, але наша таможня в нього оленів забрала. Санта Клаусу класно, бо його фінансують, але я таке чув, що його депортують. І співає країна білої рози, і чекає на їхнього Деда Мороза. Але ти у нас є, святий Миколаю, ми тебе ні на кого ніколи не проміняємо. Привітає з новим роком всіх старенький Миколай І погляне добрим оком на вкраїну рідний край Він про тебе не забуде, тільки ти його чекай З новим роком привітає всіх стареньких Миколай вже близько Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shochenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shochenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Holos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. 
Ukraine is under deadly attack, and Ukraine War Amps is asking for your help with a donation today. Funds are desperately needed by Ukrainian defenders for bulletproof jackets, helmets, walkie-talkies, food, water and gas, and by civilians, including children, for food, water and medications and, when possible, escape to safety. Please donate today to Ukraine War Amps via PayPal, e-transfer to ukrainewaramps at gmail.com or visit ukrainewaramps.ca. From the Nasholos Audio Archives, Ukrainian Food Flare. Hello! Herring appetizers are popular with Ukrainians any time of year, but at Christmas time it is a must for the Zakuska table, or appetizer course. Herrings may be served in many different ways, garnished with eggs or on rye bread, with salads, and so on. But it is probably one of the best served simply pickled or in a mustard sauce. Get your pens ready for my recipe for pickled herrings in mustard sauce. For the first recipe, you'll need the following. One large salted herring, cleaned, deboned, and soaked in cold water, if very salty. One tablespoon prepared mustard, three tablespoons oil, one medium onion sliced thinly in rings. Cut the herring in half-inch pieces. Arrange the pieces on a long plate like a whole fish. Mix the oil and mustard and toss with the onion rings. Cover and marinate for 30 minutes. Spread over the herring and leave for an hour. Serve sprinkled with finely chopped hard-cooked egg and chives or green onions. This should serve six. For the second herring recipe, you'll need the following. One 16-ounce prepared pickled herring, six tablespoons olive oil, three tablespoons prepared mustard, and three tablespoons of sour cream. Cut the herring into one-inch slices. Mix the oil, mustard, and sour cream to blend. Pour the sauce over the herring and chill for two to three hours before serving. And it goes without saying, 
but you'll need some delicious rye bread and vodka. Dai Boja. Try it. It's Ukrainian. This has been Ukrainian Food Flare from the Nasholos Audio Archives. Some people spell it with a T. Anyway, you spell it is fine with me. Polish, Ukrainian man and I. My Jewish friends, they do it right. I love Borg. Someone's Bob will I love Borscht I love Borscht I got not enough problems But a beat ain't one From the north to the west He's killed on us Bread on the side Well it better be right up in the inner lake under prairie sky From Winnipeg, the Golden Boys in a release from a few years back called I Love Borscht and became quite a popular hit on the prairies and beyond. And borscht is, of course, one of the traditional ritual Ukrainian Christmas Eve dishes, although it is our national soup, so we enjoy it uh, year-round, including St. Nicholas Day. Speaking of which, let's get back to St. Nicholas music. And here's a gem I found on YouTube without a whole lot of information, but a great tune. Вже надходить ніч чарівна, спить увесь рідненький край. Ось ось в наших сіоселі завітає Миколай, 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 ти до нас завітай, всі малятам усміхнись, щирим серцем пригоднись, жде його малеча вся. Ой, радіє дітвора, і усі, усі дорослі, Миколая ждуть у гості. Миколай, Миколай, ти до нас завітай, всім малятам усміхнись, щирим серцем пригонись. Вже йдуть морози люті, і паде пухнастий сніг, Миколая ждуть усюди, всі в оцю чарівну ніч. Миколай, Миколай, ти до нас завітай, всім малятам усміхнись, щирим серцем пригонись. Миколай, Миколай, ти до нас завітай, всім малятам усміхнись, щирим серцем пригонись. Welcome to Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik. Stories about Ukraine and Ukrainians in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Diana Stivan's novel, Paper Roses on Stony Mountain. 
Paper Roses on Stony Mountain concludes the trilogy about the family of Lukia Mazorat, a Ukrainian peasant farmer who immigrates to Canada with her four children in 1929. The novel opens just as the Depression is ending in 1938. The family was hopeful now that grain prices were rising, but there are new challenges on the horizon. Lukia believed there was nothing like the sun's glow to dispel the darkest of moods, but despite the warm rays on her skin, she could not shake the feeling of foreboding that had come over her. Lukia, now 62, left her home in the village of Kiverci in Volenia before the Great Depression started. She moved to the Canadian prairies to begin a new life with her children. The family has endured hardship, drought, prejudice, poverty, and disagreements. Her sons, Mike and Egnet, argue endlessly. Mike often returns home drunk after spending the money earned from the sale of grain or dairy products. Egnet has a family and works hard to ensure that the farm is successful and profitable. Her daughter, Dunya, has rejected Sergei, a wealthy and successful suitor for the poorer Peter Kluchuk from Stony Mountain. Peter quit school in grade nine and moved from one temporary job to another. Lukia worries about what kind of future would Dunya have if she married him. As the novel progresses, Lukia's worries become more pronounced. Mike's drinking and carousing cause Egnat and his family to purchase their own farmland. Dunya marries Peter, despite his lack of prospects and the disapproval of his family. The newlyweds decide to build a house themselves, which proves to be a horrendous task and ends in their move to Winnipeg to find jobs instead. With only drunken Mike to help her on the farm, Lukia must finally come to grips with her future. She must inevitably make difficult choices about where she will spend the rest of her life. Paper Roses on Stony Mountain is a self-published book based on the life of Diana Stevan's relatives on the Canadian prairies. It is the concluding novel in the Mazurec trilogy, which began with Sunflowers Under Fire and was followed by Lilacs in the Dust Bowl. For Stevan, this trilogy was a very personal journey. It was based on the lives of her baba, Lukia Mazurec, her mother, Dolly Kluchak, and her father, Peter Kluchak, as well as her extended family. Stevan's heroine, Lukia, is a strong and determined matriarch of her family. Her life is a reflection of the history of Ukrainian-Canadian immigration to the prairies. They faced many challenges, including discrimination, backbreaking work on their homesteads, the Depression, World War II, and the struggle to stay connected to their Ukrainian homeland and traditions. In the end, Lukia knows she has made the right choice in coming to Canada. Despite the harsh years, she was glad she'd immigrated. Diana Stevan has worked as a social worker, teacher, actress, and freelance writer-broadcaster for the CBC. She has written two novels in addition to the Mazurec trilogy, A Cry from the Deep and The Rubber Fence. She lives with her husband on Vancouver Island and in West Vancouver, British Columbia. Paper Roses on Stony Mountain is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. Thank you, Myra, for another thorough and thoughtful review. Join us again soon for another Kanishka Corner Book Review with Myra Junik here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. In the meantime, if you'd like to listen again to this or Myra's previous reviews or read the transcript, you can find them archived at our website, www.nasholos.com. Святом ци проходять і усі не гаразд.
дітям приносить, в кожен день діти знають, з радістю приходить, в кожен день діти знають, з радістю приходить. Як сіренька в небі зійде, як білий сніг тихо паде, з подарунком Миколай прийде. and this is Cultural Capital on Nash Wallace. I lived in Kiev, Ukraine for over 10 years, and during that period I met very interesting and talented individuals. 
on a little pub called Kupiton in the center of Ukraine's capital, I was blessed more than once to hear the voice of one Yevhenia Sakharova. Over time, we got to know one another, and thanks to social media, we've been able to stay in touch since I left Kiev in mid-September of 2009. Yevhenia was born a little less than two weeks after the Chernobyl disaster on May 8, 1986, in the city of Uman, to Tetyana and Yuri Sakharov. Shortly after Yevhenia was born, the family relocated to Cherkasse. Currently, there are many individuals making the ultimate sacrifice in serving their nation. Yevhenia's older brother Mikhailo is serving in Ukraine's armed forces and I hope that he remains amongst us. Many young Ukrainians have been lost during this genocidal attack by Putin on Ukraine. During this month, we remember others who fell in serving their nations in battles against evil. On October 20th of this year, Yevhenia released her song called Titans, which you will shortly hear. This song is about the courageous defense of Azovstal in Mariupol, and its words are extremely powerful. Now a little bit more about our featured artist. Still in our youth, Yevhenia was involved in youth theater and often focused on singing songs of English language artists. She was an outstanding young student and upon completion of her studies in Cherkasse, she departed to study at the Kiev Municipal Academy of Variety and Circus Arts. It was during this period of her life that I met her at Kupidan. At that time, she was singing with Mandorovirai, though she has also performed as back vocalist with numerous Ukrainian artists such as Jamala. The 2016 Eurovision Song Contest winner, as well as The Mannequin, a solo project of Yevhen Filatov, who was in fact the sound producer of Jamala's song 1944. In 2010, she released an album, Spivanochke, with guitarist Henagi Bondar. While Yevhenia was performing in Turkey in 2013, she met her future husband. She told me that she only recently returned to singing and performing in September of 2022. I focused on taking care of my children, she told me. Yevhenia also teaches music and English to small groups of children. Yevhenia now lives in Kusadasi, a beach town on the western coast of Turkey on the Aegean Sea. Since the beginning of the Great War, I've been organizing different activities of support for Ukraine and Turkey. Meetings, fundraising concerts, gathering humanitarian aid for women who were evacuated from Ukraine and who now live in Kusadasi, as well as sending humanitarian aid to Ukraine, she told me. Yevhenia joined a woman's group called Slava composed of women refugees from Ukraine. They participate at different festivals representing Ukraine through dance in Turkey and collecting funds for the armed forces of Ukraine. In August of 2023, Yevhenia made a trip to her hometown of Cherkasi to visit and pay homage to wounded soldiers. She spent five hours at the local hospital visiting the wounded, moving from room to room and sharing her voice. She told me they all wanted contact and an opportunity explaining what they had been through and where they had been positioned. While her song Titans plays homage to those who stood in Mariupol, she told me she's trying to focus on writing more positive songs. November is a month of remembrance in different ways for Ukrainians. Both the losses of the Great War, as Yevhenia put it, and the losses of the genocidal famine of the early 1930s should never be forgotten. I would like to borrow a quote from John F. Kennedy with a slight modification. The cost of freedom is always high, but Ukrainians have always paid for it. And one path they shall never choose, and that is the path of surrender or submission.
лютує зло, все спалило, якби могло, але не проб'ється крізь них воно. Zhenya Sakharova from Ukraine with her brand new release, Titane Titans. Before the break, you heard Ministrali and another charming but unnamed Ukrainian children's group. Up next, another gem from YouTube. This is a song going back to World War I, and it is a timeless story about corruption in the army. And it is called Heve Strilci Sichovi, which translates as Hey Sich Rifleman. And it is a song about soldiers asking their captain, hey, where did all that money go that was supposed to feed us and buy us munitions? Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio, discovering unknown and untold stories from the past and present of Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage. Welcome to the final episode of our four-part series on the currencies of Ukraine and Israel. In Episode 1, the focus was on the respective histories of the currencies of these two states. 
In Episodes 2 and 3, we focused on eight prominent Jews born in Ukraine who were depicted on Israel's currency. In this fourth and final episode in the series, we will focus on the currency of Ukraine. By 1994, less than three years after the breakup of the USSR, Ukraine had its own facility producing paper money of international standard quality, security level, and design. As we learned in Episode 1, however, its establishment faced many challenges and obstacles. The establishment of a mint that produced coins took even longer and followed an even more convoluted path. The first Ukrainian coins were made available in 1995. They were commemorative or collectible coins. A year later, general circulation coins were released. This coincided with Ukrainian monetary reform in 1996, when the Karbovanets was dropped in favor of the new Hryvnia. These early coins were produced at a temporary facility, a converted factory in Luhansk. They were the first coins minted on Ukrainian soil in over 300 years. Meanwhile, plans for a national coin production facility in Kiev had begun in 1995. In April of 1998, the new Ukrainian mint officially opened. Commemorative coins are issued to commemorate some particular event or issue. They sometimes serve as collector's items, but often are issued for regular circulation as well. They have a distinct design with reference to the occasion on which they were issued. In Ukraine's case, these occasions include the commemoration of prominent people, including Jews with Ukrainian roots. Solomon Namovich Rabinovich was a leading Yiddish author and playwright. He was born in 1859 in Pedyaslav and grew up in the nearby shtetl of Voronkiv. In 1883, he published his first Yiddish story under the pseudonym Sholem Aleichem. By 1890, Sholem Aleichem was a central figure in Yiddish literature, the vernacular language of nearly all East European Jews. He produced over 40 volumes in Yiddish. One became the inspiration for the first commercially successful English-language stage production about Jewish life in Eastern Europe, the 1964 musical Fiddler on the Roof. Sholem Aleichem's Tevya the Dairyman was first published in 1894 in Yiddish. Fleeing pogroms, Sholem Aleichem left Kiev for New York City in 1906. He was an impassioned advocate of Yiddish as a national Jewish language and also devoted himself to the cause of Zionism. In 1907, he served as an American delegate to the Eighth Zionist Congress held in The Hague. Sholem Aleichem was often referred to as the Jewish Mark Twain because of the two authors' similar writing styles and use of pen names. When Twain heard of this, he replied, Please tell him that I am the American Sholem Aleichem. Sholem Aleichem died in New York in 1916 after a long bout with tuberculosis. Sholem Aleichem's granddaughter, Belle Kaufman, followed in his footsteps. She became an American author and is most widely known for her novel, Up the Down Staircase, published in 1964. It was adapted to the stage and also made into a motion picture in 1967. In 1997, a monument dedicated to Sholem Aleichem was erected in Kiev. Streets were named after him in Kiev, Odessa, Venezia, Lviv, and Zhitomir. On March 2, 2009, 150 years after his birth, the National Bank of Ukraine issued an anniversary coin with a depiction of Sholem Aleichem. Lev Landau was a Soviet physicist who made fundamental contributions to many areas of theoretical physics. For his work, he received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1962. Landau was born on January 22, 1908, to Jewish parents in Baku, Azerbaijan. He was a child prodigy. At age 14, he matriculated at the Baku State University, studying in two departments simultaneously, the Departments of Physics and Mathematics and the Department of Chemistry. 
From 1932 to 1937, Landau headed the Department of Theoretical Physics at the Kharkiv Institute of Physics and Technology. In Kharkiv, he and a friend co-wrote the 10-volume Course of Theoretical Physics, which are still widely used as graduate-level physics texts. On April 27, 1938, Landau was arrested for comparing Stalinism to Nazism. He was held in the NKVD's infamous Lubyanka prison for a year. His renown and valuable contributions to science saved him from the Great Purge. Landau led a team of mathematicians supporting Soviet atomic and hydrogen bomb development. He calculated the dynamics of the first Soviet thermonuclear bomb. For this work, Landau received several awards from the Soviet state. Landau died in 1968, age 60, from injuries sustained in a car accident. In 2008, a Tuhrevnia commemorative coin was issued in honor of the 100th anniversary of the birth of Lev Landau. On January 22, 2019, Google celebrated what would have been Landau's 111th birthday with a Google Doodle. Ilya Ilyich Mechnikov was a zoologist of Jewish origin. He was born in the village of Ivanovka, near the city of Kharkiv. Mechnikov is best known for his pioneering research in immunology. He is considered the father of natural immunity. He is also credited for coining the term gerontology in 1903 for the emerging study of aging and longevity. He developed a theory that aging is caused by toxic bacteria in the gut. Mechnikov and Paul Ehrlich were jointly awarded the 1908 Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine. Their works are regarded as the foundation of the science of immunology. In 1862, Mechnikov enrolled at Kharkiv University for Natural Sciences. Another child prodigy, he completed his four-year degree in two years. In 1867, he received his doctorate at the University of St. Petersburg. Then he went on to teach at the Imperial Novorossiya University, now Odessa University. In 1882, due to the political turmoil after the assassination of Russian Tsar Alexander II, Mechnikov resigned from Odessa University. He went to Sicily to set up a private laboratory. He then returned to Odessa as director of an institute set up to carry out Louis Pasteur's vaccine against rabies. In 1888, he went back to Paris, where Pasteur gave him an appointment at the Pasteur Institute. Mechnikov wrote notable books on immunity, the prevention of infectious diseases, and the prolongation of life. He died in 1916 in Paris of a heart attack. His ashes rest in the Pasteur Institute Library. A Tuhrevnia nickel-silver coin, released in 2005, commemorated the 160th anniversary of the birth of Ilya Mechnikov. In the late 1690s, a magnificent synagogue with a late Renaissance appearance was built for the rapidly growing community of Jovkva, a town founded in 1594. The Jewish community's roots in Jovkva run deep. The oldest Jewish tombstone in Jovkva dates back to 1610. In 1690, local Jews established a Hebrew printing press, and a Jewish tailor's guild dates back to 1693. The synagogue survived two devastating fires in the 18th and 19th centuries, but the worst devastation occurred in the 20th century. At the start of World War II, Jovkva's Jewish community made up half the town's population of 10,000. The synagogue was the center of religious life, and secular Jewish institutions included a school, a cultural society, and a football team. In 1941, Nazi occupiers demolished the synagogue, leaving only the walls standing. German troops destroyed the cemetery and used the tombstones to build roads. Of Jovkva's 5,000 Jews, only a few dozen survived the war, and most emigrated. In 1994, the Ukrainian government declared central Jovkva, where the synagogue is located, 
a state historical architectural reserve. In 2000, the World Monuments Fund declared the Jovkva Synagogue one of the 100 most endangered sites and provided a grant towards its restoration. In November of 2012, a Tenhrevnia synagogue in Jovkva silver coin was issued in honor of the 320th anniversary of the construction of this architectural masterpiece. Last but not least, we will wrap up our series on the currencies of Ukraine and Israel with a commemorative banknote. The Karbovinets has been a distinct unit of currency in Ukraine during three separate periods of the 20th century. It is also a predecessor currency of today's Ukrainian hryvnia. On June 18, 1917, a new Ukrainian state emerged, the Ukrainian People's Republic. The fledgling state's first banknote of 100 Karbovinets denomination was issued on December 19, 1917. It is not widely known, but so profound was the impact of Jews on Ukraine that Yiddish was one of the four state languages on this banknote. The others were Ukrainian, Russian, and Polish. The inclusion of these four languages on the banknote reflected the Ukrainian principles of state-building, respect for all nations and peoples that inhabited ethnic Ukrainian lands, with freedoms and rights equal to those of the dominant ethnic group. Unfortunately, Ukraine's attempt at independence from Russia lasted only from 1917 to 1921. The new currency disappeared along with Ukraine's democratic dream, which almost a century later finally came true. On December 29, 2017, the National Bank of Ukraine introduced a souvenir 100 Karbovinets note commemorating the centenary of the Ukrainian Revolution of 1917 to 1921 and the first Ukrainian paper money. The design is based on the original 100 Karbovinets banknote designed in 1917 and circulated in 1918. It features illustrations of a large wreath of flowers, fruits and vegetables, which a century ago were considered to be valuable entities. Annotations mark the Ukrainian Revolution of 1917 to 1921 and the note's 100th anniversary. Although it is not legal tender, Ukraine's souvenir 100 Karbovinets note nonetheless is the first bank note issued on the European continent since World War II that incorporates a Jewish language. This series on the currencies of Ukraine and Israel was inspired by articles from the website of the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter. You can find them, along with stunning illustrations, at ukrainianjewishencounter.org. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed this series. Until next time, Shalom. Join us again soon for another episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. What's coming up this week in Vancouver's Ukrainian community? On Tuesday, December 5th at 8 p.m., come and see Carol of the Bells, a Ukrainian Christmas. The event will be held at the Orpheum Annex Theatre in Vancouver and is organized by the Ukrainian-Canadian Advocacy Group. Enjoy seasonal music performed by internationally renowned pianist Anna Sagalova, guitarist Denis Panchenko, and the Kolo Ukrainian Choir in Carol of the Bells, a Ukrainian Christmas in music. It's a fundraiser for the Ukrainian-Canadian Advocacy Group's Rehabilitation Program for the Children of Fallen Heroes. The program for the evening includes an array of traditional Ukrainian Christmas carols. Tickets are $100 and include a complimentary beverage and a lovingly curated gift bag. Tickets are available on www.v tixonline.com Carol of the Bells, a Ukrainian Christmas in Music, takes place at 8 p.m. on Tuesday, December 5th at the Orpheum Theater on Seymour Street. Doors open at 7 p.m. On Wednesdays, tune in to the Nanaimo edition of Nash Holos, which can be heard in the Vancouver listening area at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on CHLY 101.7 FM on the radio dial 
and streaming online at chly.ca. And at 6 p.m. Saturday evenings, flip your radio dial right back here to AM1320 CHMB Vancouver or catch the live stream at am1320.com for another hour of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Please send us your suggestions, dedications, and requests. Your comments are always welcome. In between broadcasts, visit our Facebook page and for audio archives, transcripts, podcast feed, and a link to our Patreon site where you can support our work if you like, visit our website at www.nasholos.com. Nikolai Sviate Idea, which translates as St. Nicholas is Coming, and that was performed by E. Domashenko. Nahadi Yuvisukhite Radio Pratamu Nash Holos Radio Krinskoho Kurinya, Nabahatumovni Radio Stansi AM Trinatia Dvatia CHMB, Misti Vancouveri. And our proverb of the week translates as the obligation of the young is to respect the old. And that's a good idea because it does come with some benefits for young people, especially at this time of year. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. To wrap things up, we've got Yuri Hnitkovsky and Yulia Lord with Mikolai Krakuya Donas. It needs no translation. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nasholos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich. Не плач, просто чекай, зимою до нас прийде Миколай. Миколай кроткує до нас. Він список вже склав перевірений раз. Ось настане святковий час, і Миколай кроткує до нас. Коли ти спиш, він бачить, все знає від батьків. Чи чемний, чи не чемний, бо він записує собі. Тож часу негай, сил не втрачай, зимою до нас прийде Миколай. Миколай крокує до нас. Світи чекай, подаруки свої, мішок Миколай вже наповнить відстий. Миколай крокує до нас. Діти і хлопці слухтані були, щоб Миколай завітав до них. Миколай крокує до нас. Ялинка у кімнаті, прикраси мож її, наповнять радістю без дім святкові ці вогні. Тож краще не плач, просто чекай, скоро до нас прийде Миколай. Миколай крокує, Миколай крокує, Миколай крокує. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. 
It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. 